Nick Saban noticed that. Uh, Nick Saban was not happy, clearly. So they got back on track against a Georgia team that has a pretty good offense. Um, but they did struggle yesterday. You got to talk about the two-headed monster when you're talking about Alabama. Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Devontae Smith, 11 receptions, 167 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Waddell, six receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Unbelievable game from those two. So I think the question now becomes, is there anybody in the SEC that can stop Alabama? I would say no. And is there anybody else in the country that can stop Alabama? That game yesterday showed me a lot. We, we know that Georgia's a few years away. Now, Kirby Smart, the issue with Kirby Smart right now, I think, is, you know, Setson Bennett's a great story. We love watching Setson Bennett. It's, you know, came from fifth-string quarterback, now a starting quarterback. He's just not the guy that's going to win you a national championship, though, right? He's going to play well. He's going to manage the game well. That's what he does. But he's not going to throw for 400 yards and win you a ball game. He's not. So I think Kirby Smart going forward, you're going to look for a guy like JT Daniels, the USC transfer, who had a good season last year, was cut short due to injury. Look for Kirby Smart to potentially make a change there because as good as Stetson Bennett's been and as well as he's performed and you know kept the dogs in the game and actually won them a few games, he's not the guy to win you a national championship. He's not. And right now, Georgia does not have that balance that they're so used to. Like I said, they're used to having guys like Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley to run the ball and you know pick up 150 yards a game. Last night, only 145 yards on the ground. And Alabama's rush defense has not been good this year, not by any means. So I think Kirby Smart's got a lot to think about with this dog team. I will say, though, Georgia's defense played a great game in the first half. Honestly, played well in the second half. You just look at guys like Najee Harris and that big offensive line. They just wear you out. They do. I think Georgia, that offense could not, they just couldn't convert on third down. They were off the field so much. That defense was just tired and down the stretch. You started to see that, and it was just, you know, it is what it is. But I think Alabama is the front runner in the SEC, no doubt about it. That offense is deadly. That defense is improving. They're going to be tough down the stretch. Talking about another team in the top five. Actually, we'll get to that in a minute. Another game on Friday night, the BYU Cougars taking on Houston. This BYU team is one of my favorite teams in the entire country. They really are. They have an unbelievable quarterback. They have an unbelievable defense. They're physical. They're fast. They have a great offensive balance. This BYU team, we've talked about it all year. Who's going to slip into that four spot in the playoff? Cincinnati, UCF, who knows? If BYU continues to win and they continue to win the way they do, they'll have a chance to get in that spot. They beat Houston 43-26 on Friday. Quarterback Zach Wilson, 25 for 35, 400 yards and four touchdowns. An unbelievably consistent game. 86.9 QBR rating. The rushing attack actually wasn't that big for them. Zach Wilson was their leading rusher, nine carries for 40 yards. But that receiving core, oh my gosh. Dax Milne, nine receptions, 184 yards, and three touchdowns. Unbelievable. And what BYU does well is, you know, in the past they've been known to run the ball. They've been known to run the ball 150, 200 yards a game. But they've changed the dynamic of that culture right now. Zach Wilson's a guy you can drop back. He can throw the ball 40 times, and they'll be just fine. Because you know what? That defense, like I said, that defense is so fast. They're so physical. They're hard, they're really, they're hard to game plan against. But that's what they've always done. I mean, I think you remember first game of the season against Navy. They came out, and they beat the heck out of Navy. I mean, they just destroy them physically, every aspect of the game, and you're starting to see that with BYU. They're imposing their will on the teams they play. Houston, not a bad game offensively, actually. Quarterback Clayton Toon had a good game, 21 for 31, 310 yards and two touchdowns. The rushing attack also was there, 128 yards. I think Houston, they've only played two games this season. I think they were waiting for a long time to get back on the field. They finally are. Uh, they're one and one right now. They're a team that can, you know, they, they've been good in the past. We know that. Tom Herman was there. 
They have talent. Derek King going over to Miami. He played there. Houston has talent. They have the coaching. It's just going to take them time. And I think they caught a BYU team at a really bad time right now with the way they're playing. But watch this BYU team. Trust me. They're physical. They have a, I think, honestly, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think Zach Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think he's top five in the country. I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick come the draft. I love Zach Wilson. I love this BYU team. Watch for them to make some noise this year, really. Now, moving on to the number one team in the country, the Clemson Tigers. They defeated Georgia Tech, you might not believe this, 73-7. to it, it was unbelievable. It was a beatdown. Um, I think what we can see from this game, and I'll dive into it in a second, what we can see from this game is that Clemson is not only so far ahead of anybody in the ACC, they're so far ahead of anybody in the country. I mean, it's not even close. Trevor Lawrence, 24 for 32, 404 yards, five touchdowns, all in the first half, might I add. Just an unbelievable game from him. He continues to do what he does. He's going to be the first overall pick. It's not even going to be close. That's just the kind of talent he is. Running about Travis Etienne, not a big game. Only 11 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. So Travis Etienne didn't have a big impact, but Trevor, but, but that's what Trevor Lawrence can do, right? And that's what you're, if you're an NFL scout, you're watching, and you're saying, okay, listen, if we need to balance him out with a running back, we can do that. Awesome. But he can sit back and throw for 40 times and be just, just fine. That's what he does. I mean, I watched that game yesterday, and it just was touchdown to touchdown to touchdown. The first two drives, actually, I think he threw an interception, and then Georgia Tech cashed in. So Georgia Tech started the game well, had him a little bit rattled, but he's so poised and so confident. Dabo Sweeney loves, of course he loves Trevor Lawrence. Who wouldn't love Trevor Lawrence? But Dabo Sweeney is just so confident in that quarterback. He's going to put the game in his hands, let him make the calls. Receiving-wise, Amari Rogers, six receptions, 161 yards, and two touchdowns, an unbelievable game from him. You know, coming into this, we talked a little bit about Georgia Tech. We hadn't talked about him a lot. We talked about him a little bit. Georgia Tech has overachieved this year. They have. They're 2-3. and three. They've overachieved. Jeff Collins doing a great job. I really thought at home Georgia Tech would compete for the first half. They didn't even compete. I mean, they got blown out of the building. Quarterback, Freshman quarterback Jeff Sims, 6-for-13, 81 yards, a touchdown, and interception. This is a Georgia Tech offense all year that's been really consistent. Jeff Sims, the true freshman, has been unbelievable for Jeff Collins in this offense. It just wasn't there yesterday. Uh, Clemson defensively, I think that's what separates Clemson as a team from any other team in the country is not only do they have, in my opinion, the best offense in the country, they have one of the best defenses. They fly to the ball. They're fast. They're physical. They're going to beat you at the line of scrimmage. That's what they do. That's what Clemson does. Brett Venables, an unbelievable defensive coordinator, a guy that I've thought for years could get a head coaching job, he just continues to just confuse offenses over and over. And that's what makes Clemson deadly. I think you could see a potential. I was talking to my friend yesterday. We were watching the game. I think you could see a potential Clemson versus Alabama national championship again. Right? We've seen that so many times. I could really see another one of those championship games. And that'd be a phenomenal game. I just think right now Clemson is so far ahead of the game. I don't know who's going to beat them. I really don't. No one in the ACC. And actually sticking in the ACC... The Florida State Seminoles taking down the number five ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. How about them Knowles? I know my mom and brother are listening in. They are big Florida State fans right now, so they are happy after that win. You know, Mike Norvell switched it up by putting in Jordan Travis. He went 8 for 19, 191 yards and a touchdown, but that wasn't where he made the biggest impact. He had 16 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. Unbelievable game from Jordan Travis. That's a really gutsy call by Mike Norvell. You have a guy like James Blackman who has a lot of experience with the program and with, you know, 
playing as a quarterback, you switch it up, you go to Jordan Travis, a younger kid, and he played unbelievable. This is a good North Carolina team, right? This is not just a team you look at and you're like, oh, they're not that good, whatever. This is a really good North Carolina team. This was a big win for Florida State. Florida State played really well defensively. They played really well offensively. I mean, they they, ha- they had that game going yesterday. They're running back LaDamian Webb, another unbelievable game for him. 12 carries, 109 yards. Florida State, you're seeing what they're going to be able to do in the future, right? Mike Norvell came in for a reason. Florida State hired him for a reason. He ran an unbelievable offense at Memphis, and he's starting to show what he's going to do here at Florida State. It's going to take them two or three years. It really is, because no team can rebuild in one year with the talent they were left. I mean, Willie Taggart left them in a pretty bad situation. He did. He left them in a pretty bad situation, but you're starting to see that talent upbuild. Mike Norvell's recruiting. He's getting his guys in. I think Jordan Travis going forward, unless he totally screws up, you cannot take him out. He was by far better than James Blackman. He looked more confident than James Blackman. Huge win for the Knowles. North Carolina, they looked flat yesterday. Only seven points in the first half. Actually, they held Florida State to no points in the second half, but they only had seven in the first half. Uh, Sam Howell had a pretty efficient game, 20 for 36, 374 yards, three touchdowns. So a great game from him. And on the ground, Javante Williams had a big game as well, rushing the ball 18 times for 119 yards and a touchdown. So North Carolina played a good game offensively. It was just too little too late. You can't be down... 31-7 to going into the second half and try to climb out of that hole. You just can't do it. And Florida State did a good job of, you know, it looked like North Carolina was going to come back. He kind of had this eerie feeling that, oh, my gosh, they're going to come back, they're going to kick a field goal, they're going to tie it, go to overtime, they're going to win the game. You've got to give credit to Florida State's defense. you got to give a lot of credit for them for standing big, standing tall, getting that last second stop in, in the fourth quarter. So a great job by that Florida State defense. And Mac Brown, it's just a disappointing loss. And it just once again validates the fact that Clemson is so far ahead of anybody in this conference. I mean, we talked about North Carolina being a team that's going to compete with Clemson this year. They look like they've gotten worse from last year. We all thought, oh my gosh, this North Carolina team is going to come in. Sam Howell is going to have a Heisman caliber season, and they're going to compete with Clemson, maybe win the ACC. They've gone downhill from last year. Really, they've gone downhill from last year. Disappointing loss for for the Tar Heels. They'll try to bounce back. A great win for Florida State. We'll see how they look in the future. Staying in the ACC, number four ranked Notre Dame taking on the Louisville Cardinals. Um, n- not much to say here except a lot of disappointment from Notre Dame. It is a 12-7 to win over a Cardinals team that is now 1-4, 0-4 in the conference. Ian Book, 11-19, for 19, 106 yards, zero touchdowns. Kyron Williams, 25 carries, 127 yards. Ian Book did have 47 yards on the ground, one touchdown. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you're not happy with this win. You're not. Let's just be straight up honest. 12-7 against a Louisville team that has struggled is not good enough for you to prove why you should be in the college ball playoff. They're ranked number four in the country. I think they'll drop because that's not a great win. As we know, Louisville started the season. There was a lot of hype. They were ranked. They played Miami. It was college game day. They've just they've gone downhill. Uh, Malik Cunningham... I thought, you know, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the ACC coming into this year. He has just underperformed. He went 16 for 19, 132 yards, and a touchdown last night. Pretty efficient game for him. But Louisville, only 96 yards on the ground. The reason Notre Dame won this game, it's their rushing attack. They had 232 total yards. Like I said, Kyron Williams is an absolute player. He was the leader of that team rushing-wise. It was a defensive-minded game, but if you're Notre Dame, there's a lot of room for concern, right? I mean, they had an offense coming in this year. They thought, oh my gosh, Ian Book's a senior quarterback. He's got receivers all around him. They're going to perform well. They're going to have a chance to get back in the playoff. It's anything but that right now. 
It is. And they have a good rushing attack, but Ian Book is not the same Ian Book we're used to seeing. He looks a little more nervous. He looks more pressured. He's got a good offensive line in front of him. He just he doesn't look as comfortable as he has in years past. Uh, you know Brian Kelly's frustrated, too. He was not happy with that win. He was not satisfied. Um, and, I, I mean, I'm just going to say it again. I thought Notre Dame was going to compete with Clemson, too. And it, I just I, I don't know right now. The ACC is very confusing. Coming into this weekend, they had three teams in the top five, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Two of those top five teams lost. So now you're thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, Clemson really is the only team consistently in that conference that plays well. Um, for Notre Dame, you got to go back to the drawing board. You're playing well defensively. They played a really good game defensively on Louisville. They held in, like I said, 96 yards rushing, only 137 yards passing. So you did a good job defensively. Notre Dame has a defense. They've always had a good defense. They're fast. They're going to fly around. But you got to figure that offense out. And they're still 4-0. So granted, I guess they control their own destiny. They're going to play Clemson up and coming. If they can somehow beat Clemson, then they'll probably sneak in. But I think right now, Notre Dame is not there either. Um, offensively, Ian Book's got to improve. Um, I don't think Notre Dame's there. I really don't. Moving out back into the SEC now, how about them Gamecocks? South Carolina taking on number 15-ranked Auburn and defeating the Tigers 30-22. to Auburn has been a mess this year. Bo Nix, 24 for 47, 272 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. And the fourth quarter after Bo Nix threw an interception, runs off the field and is yelling at his offensive coordinator and his receiver, I think Bo Nix might be one of the problems this year. You know, Bo Nix had a great freshman campaign last year, just played unbelievable. We thought this guy's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC come sophomore year, and he's probably been the biggest disappointment in the SEC, honestly. He just has not played up to his level. Um, you know Gus Malzahn's frustrated. I mean, yesterday, the emotions got the best of him, right? He threw an interception, and instead of going over with the coach and talking it over, he got mad, and he was throwing his helmet, and he was yelling. You can't do that. As a quarterback, you're past with being the calm guy on the team. He didn't do that. I think luckily for Auburn, they got a player running back, true freshman Tank Bigsby. Another unbelievable game for this Tiger offense. 16 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. And for South Carolina, not their best game offensively. They just took advantage of the turnovers. Colin Hill, the quarterback, not his best game. 15 for 24, 144 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But like I said, that defense took advantage. Bo Nix, three interceptions. I mean, I'm sorry, but that that can't happen. You can't throw with three interceptions in a game like this. We all knew Auburn was going to struggle. I think the game day crew actually picked South Carolina to beat them. Everybody on the game day crew picked South Carolina to upset Auburn. Uh, Auburn did not play well. They did not. It's it's one of those games where Gus Malzahn's got to go back. You've got to get back with your quarterback. I mean, Bo Nix, the team starts with him. The offense starts with him. And if he's not playing up to where he needs to play, they're not going to win football games. Um, but you got to give credit to South Carolina defensively as well. An unbelievable game for them. It's a good win for Will Muschamp. It's going to be a signature win against a top 15 opponent. So you got to appreciate that. Great game by those two teams. Staying in the SEC now, the Kentucky Wildcats taking down the number 18th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers 34-7. to Unbelievable game from this Wildcat team. Mark Stoops, a great win for him. You know, there's an issue with Tennessee right now, and it's Jared Garantano. I have not been sold on this guy for three years now. He doesn't play confident. He throws off his back foot. He overthrows receivers. He underthrows receivers. Yesterday, his first two possessions, a 41-yard pick six and an 85-yard pick six. That's not how you want to start a game. This was a game, 
Kentucky has not beaten Tennessee in Knoxville since 1984. Yeah, 1984. Unbelievable. Yesterday they came in and they dominated. It's interesting, actually, after Garantano got pulled, Jeremy Pruitt went with quarterback J.T. Shrout. His first pass was an interception. Tennessee's got issues right now. The quarterback, they have issues in the quarterback position. They got to find a guy who's going to play well, who's going to be consistent for them. They don't have that right now. Jared Garantano is not the answer. He's not. Tennessee's got a great rushing attack. Eric Gray, 24 carries, 128 yards. Ty Chandler, 12 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Tennessee has a phenomenal rushing attack. The issue is they can't balance it out with that passing attack because there is no passing attack. That game yesterday just proved everything we've thought about with Tennessee. Jared Garantano is not the guy. He's not your guy. And Pruitt's got to realize that. Pruitt is not afraid to pull him out, sit him down, put another guy in, and then put him back in the game. That's what he's going to do. But Jarrett Garantano, not impressive, um, not playing confident. But that Kentucky team, not a great game offensively either. Terry Wilson, 12 for 15, 101 yards, one touchdown. But like I said, it didn't matter how, how well they played offensively. That defense dominated. They dominated Tennessee. And that's the reason they won this game. Look for this Cats team. They're not the most flashy team. They're not going to put up 500 yards of offense on you. They're not going to run all over you. But they play really well defensively. They're sound offensively. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Look for them to continue down the stretch, playing well in the East. They may not win all their games, but they're going to be competitive. So look for them. Actually, Missouri hosts Kentucky next weekend. going to be a great game here in Columbia. Excited to watch that one. Now shifting over, giving the American Athletic Conference a little love. We'll go through these games quickly, relatively. The Memphis Tigers defeating the UCF Knights 50-49. to Unbelievable offensive game. Brady White from Memphis, 34 for 50, 486 yards, six touchdowns. How about Dylan Gabriel for UCF, 35 for 49, 601 yards and five touchdowns. When you want to watch an offensive football game and you watch these two teams, you're loving this. I mean, this is heaven for you, right? These guys, like I said, one quarterback thrown for 486 yards, one guy thrown for over 600 yards. Just a great game offensively by both teams. Not a lot of defense, not going to lie. Actually, Josh Heupel, who was a former offensive coordinator here at Missouri, the head coach now at UCF, an offensive mastermind. But UCF, a disappointing game overall for them. Actually, they missed a last-second field goal to potentially win this game. Memphis, though, a great win. Mike Norvell departing, and Memphis hasn't skipped a beat. They still have that offensive production they had last year with Norvell. Brady White, a phenomenal quarterback, a guy I think is going to be drafted and playing on Sundays. He's confident. He's poised. He knows where his receivers are. Look for Brady White to continue to make a splash. This Memphis team is really tough, right? They don't play great defensively, but they play really well offensively, and they don't necessarily have these quick possessions. I mean, they do have some, but they they live and they breathe in these long possessions. They're going to run the ball. They had a great rushing attack, 217 yards on the ground yesterday. They're going to churn it out. They're going to run the ball well, but then Brady White's going to do what he does. He's going to throw for 486 yards and six touchdowns. So this Memphis team, like I said, both these teams, two really good in the American Athletic Conference. They're going to keep competing down the stretch. You know, the big question is, can they beat Cincinnati? That's the big team. Cincinnati is the team to watch out for in the American Athletic Conference. Can these two teams beat Cincinnati? I don't know, but a great offensive game, one I love to watch yesterday. Moving back over now, Arkansas and Ole Miss former Missouri head coach Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator for the Pigs, a great game for Arkansas. They held this electric Ole Miss offense in check. Matt Coral, the quarterback, six interceptions. Yeah, six interceptions. Unbelievable game for Arkansas defensively. It was unbelievable. 
Actually, one of the best stories we watched, Hudson Clark is a walk-on defensive back. He's not on scholarships. He had three interceptions yesterday. So a great story from that young man. Arkansas is surprising the nation right now. Arkansas is really surprising the nation. Like I said, they're not the flashiest offensive team. They're not. But they're going to play physical. Running back Rakeem Boyd, a guy I really love. How about former Florida quarterback Felipe Franks? I have not seen him play this well, I don't think, ever. He looks so confident. He looks so poised. He's throwing the ball well. Yesterday, 21 for 34, 244 yards and a touchdown. And like I said, that rushing attack, Rakeem Boyd, 14 carries, 39 yards and a touchdown. They had 150 yards on the ground. This is a great win for Sam Pittman and that Hogs team because Ole Miss, like I said, they torched Alabama defensively last week, torched them, and they couldn't move the ball on Arkansas. So this is another Arkansas team that was projected to go last in the SEC. And look at them now. They're sitting 2-2, two and two, probably should be 3-1 and one after a missed call against Auburn. A great game for, for Arkansas. They're going to keep getting better. Look for them to, honestly, they're playing just as good as anybody in the conference is right now. They are. They play really well defensively. they got a good offense right now. Arkansas is going to continue to make a splash. I don't know what happened to Lane Kiffin in that offense yesterday. We know it's, you know, they're used to putting up 600, 700 yards of offense. They looked stagnant yesterday. They really did. Only 442 yards of offense. they got to get back to the drawing board. Lane Kiffin's got to figure out what's going on. That is not a good game for them. It's not a good look for them. Grant, Arkansas has played well. But Ole Miss... You know, it looked good the first few weeks, and now it just is like, I don't know anymore. So they got to improve, but a great win for the Hogs. You got to give credit to Sam Pittman and that team. Great game. Moving on over. Last game in the the SEC we'll talk about. Texas A&M taking on Mississippi State. A good win for the Aggies coming off a win versus Florida. They beat Mississippi State 28-14. Mississippi State, ever since that first game, has just looked terrible. They look terrible. That air raid offense has been anything but spectacular. KJ Costello, 15 for 22, 99 yards and interception. Got pulled in the third quarter. They put in Will Rogers, who went 15 for 18, 120 yards and a touchdown. You know, I think if you're Mike Leach going forward, you got to look at Will Rogers and go, this might be the guy we play, right? Because he looked more consistent, more poised, more confident than KJ Costello does. I don't know what's happened to Mississippi State. It's been a complete downfall. I think there was a little too much hype in week one against, after that win against LSU. So I don't think they're as good as we thought they were going to be. But A&M, a great game. Not a great game offensively, honestly. Isaiah Spiller was the feature of that offense. 18 carries, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. So a great game from A&M. Great game defensively. A&M's going to keep getting better. I think they could potentially go 9-1, and 8-2. and two. They have a schedule lining up for them. A&M could make a splash in the end. Of course, that loss to Alabama does hurt them. But they're going to be a team that could win some games this year. I like Texas A&M. I like Jimbo Fisher. And I like Kellen Mond. Going to be a great down the stretch for Texas A&M. Last game before we get into our break. Miami Hurricanes bounce back from a loss against Clemson, 31-19 against the Pitt, against the Pitt Panthers. Derek King, 16 for 31, 222 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. He also had 11 carries for 32 yards. Great bounce back win for Miami. You know, you look at this game and you watch Clemson play, it makes you think Miami might not be as bad as I thought they were last week. Not a great showing, but people are going, oh my gosh, they're overrated, blah, blah, blah. I don't think Miami's as bad as people say they are right now. They're a good team. They're still a ways away from Clemson, but everybody was so defeated after last week's game against Clemson. Clemson's just that much better. Clemson's just that much better than any team in the ACC right now. So Miami, look for them to keep winning games. Manny Diaz got something rolling at the Canes. Now, before we go to break, once again, we're going to talk about our top four, my top four, and the playoff I think is going to happen this year. All right, my number one seed, not even close, Clemson Tigers at the at number one. 
Number two, I got Alabama, the Crimson Tide. I think they move up after a great win against Georgia, an unbelievable win. Number three, I got the Ohio State Buckeyes. And number four, again, this is another tough one. I think four, honestly, I'm going to fit, after a bunch of losses yesterday, I'm going to fit Oklahoma State at four. I like the, I like I still like the Cowboys. I haven't played in a while, but I still like them in that offense. Number five, this is gonna shock some people. I'm gonna throw, you know what? I'm gonna throw Cincy at five. I like the way Cincy plays. And I'm gonna throw BYU at six. Love that Cougar team. Love that Cougar offense. I think they continue to dominate. That is my top four. I will be back here in about three minutes. This is start your Sunday on KCOU 88.1 FM. And we are back here on Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1 FM. We are about an hour and a half from kickoff here in the NFL today. Just a quick little break. Want to jump right back into the action. Now, the NFL part of the show. Going to preview some games for you guys this week. In my opinion, the best game of this weekend, actually a Monday night game. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills. 
both teams coming off tough losses. The Chiefs coming off a 40-32 to loss against the Raiders. The Bills coming off a big 42-16 loss against the Tennessee Titans. Again, going to be a great game offensively. you got Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, two young quarterbacks, different skill sets. Patrick Mahomes, more of a pocket passer. Josh Allen can kind of do it all. He's going to use his legs. He's going to run around. You know, watching that Bills game against the Titans last week, I'm a Titans fan, so I was excited. But there's concern for the Bills right now, for Sean McDermott. Um, that defense did not look great. Granted, the Titans do have a balanced offense that runs a really good attack. But that Bills defense did not do anything special. And offensively, they didn't do great either. Josh Allen did not look as comfortable. The Titans threw some different looks at him and confused him. They really did. So a concerning loss for the Bills. As for the Chiefs, it was a weird game for them. I was watching that game down the stretch. Patrick Mahomes, they couldn't finish drives offensively. That's just not like Patrick Mahomes at all. You know, usually he's you got long, you got long touchdowns, you got long drives, and you throw them in the end zone. It's just not the same last week against the Raiders. I think the key for this game is going to be which defense can get a stop. This is two talented offenses, right? We know that. It's two really talented offenses, two talented quarterbacks, might I add. The question is, which defense can get more stops than the other one? Also, big news for the Chiefs, Le'Veon Bell being released from the Jets, now signed with the Chiefs. So now you bring the question of, how do you split up this, the touches with Clyde Edwards-Elair and Le'Veon Bell? Of course, we haven't seen what Le'Veon Bell can do. I think his talent has been wasted with the New York Jets. I, Adam Gase has not used him where he needs to use him at all. So I'll be curious to see a rusty Le'Veon Bell. How does Andy Reid use him? Because as we know in the past, Andy Reid loves to use two running back looks. He does. He loves using two running backs. We've seen that with Jamal Charles and guys like that. We've seen the two back looks. The question is, how does he use Edward Lair and Le'Veon Bell? I think that's going to be interesting to watch. I think in this game, it's at Buffalo. I think the Chiefs pull this one out. I think it's really close. I think Patrick Mahomes, they're angry from last week. Granted, the Bills will be too, but the Chiefs especially, there's going to be a chip on their shoulder. I think the Chiefs win this game. I think it's close. I think they win by seven points. Now, moving on next game. Houston Texans taking on my Tennessee Titans. Romeo Cornell, the interim head coach for the Houston Texans, picked up their first one of the season last week over a struggling Jaguars team, 30-14. to I don't see much positive for the Texans. Of course, a great win last week, but right now, they're catching the Titans at a really bad time. Like I said, I watched that Titans-Bills game last week, and it was utter domination. Ryan Tannehill, a phenomenal game. Derrick Henry, he threw Josh Norman all the way across the field. I mean, he threw him probably 10 yards. This Titans offense is starting to figure it out. Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, has done a great job with Mike Vrabel. They're really balanced. That's what the Titans bring, right? They bring a balance that not a lot of teams can offer in the NFL. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, I was actually sitting here eating dinner in Columbia with one of my good friends from Nashville. His dad is a uh, team worker for the Titans. And he was on the, he's on the field for every game. He was watching. He said, you know what? If you watch Ryan Tannehill and you watch what he's doing, He's throwing the ball smoother. He throws the ball harder. He did, He puts some oomph into it, you know? He's going to make the tight throws that he might have been scared to do last year. And that's the reason Ryan Tannehill looks better this year. He does. Because he's more confident. He's taking a little bit more of a risk, which I think is a good thing. I think it's a good thing that he's taking a risk. He needs to take a risk, especially in an NFL season. They're playing good teams. You got to. And then, of course, when he doesn't need to, you got Derrick Henry to balance you out. So this is a really balanced Titan offense. Uh of course, Deshaun Watson, good game from him last week. I just There's not enough there for Deshaun Watson. Of course, Jack, Jacksonville has been horrendous all year, too. So not saying much that they won. I like the Titans. I like the Titans 
big. I really do. Although they usually struggle with Houston with an interim head coach and a young offense with not much talent around Deshaun Watson, I like the Titans big. I really do. Moving on now, Cincinnati Bengals and the Indianapolis Colts. Harrison Vapnik up there catching this game today. Joe Burrow coming off a big loss to the Ravens, 27-3. We all thought that Joe Burrow might pull that game out because the Ravens had not looked good. Boy, were we wrong. Colts coming off a big, actually a 32-23 loss against the Browns. You know, this is going to be another great game. It really is. The Joe Burrow's played all, he's played so well this rookie season. He's actually exceeded expectations for me. And the Colts, the Colts play really good. Actually, the Colts, sorry, the Colts coming up, a, yeah, the loss against the Browns, 32-23. The Colts play really good defense, but they haven't looked good recently. They play well against the Bears, but the Browns torched them. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a great game against the against the Colts. So in this game, I want to go with Joe Burrow, but after that struggle last week, just a disappointment, I have to go with Indianapolis. I think Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers is not a guy that's going to throw 400 yards. He's kind of, he's old, he's played a lot, he's got a lot of experience, but he's just not a flashy quarterback. He's a game manager. He's a game manager, honestly. I think the Colts win this game against the Bengals. I think it's a close game. I think it's a low-scoring game, to be totally honest with you. I think it's going you know, to be like a 17-10 to 10 kind of score. But I like the Colts by seven points. I do. Moving on now. This is a, an interesting game this Sunday. The Atlanta Falcons 0-5 taking on the 1-4 Minnesota Vikings. Uh, not much to say about these teams. Both struggling right now. Both offenses and defenses struggling. The Falcons... The biggest issue with the Falcons this year is they just can't finish games, right? They've played well in the first half. They've been close in a majority of the games they've played this year. They just can't finish right now, and that's the issue. And for Minnesota, their only win comes against the Houston Texans. So it's a question of who's going to win this game. Who is better? We don't know. I don't think I know who's better in this game. Really, I don't. Um, Kirk Cousins has just not played up to his standard. Dalvin Cook has had a good season, not a great season. And the Falcons, we, we've seen what they do. Offensively, they've been pretty good. Defensively, they've just been horrendous. But you know what? Tonight, I think the Falcons finally overcome it. I think they beat the Minnesota Vikings. I don't like the way the Vikings are playing. I really don't. The, the Atlanta Falcons have played some legit teams this year. They haven't played anybody that's just kind of like, eh, whereas the Vikings have. So I think the Falcons pull this one out. I think it's a narrow, narrow win, but I really think – the Falcons pull this one out, get their first one of the season for Dan Quinn. That's my prediction there. Moving on now, Denver Broncos taking on the New England Patriots. Broncos sitting at 1-3 and three this season. Patriots sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Both teams coming off a loss. Actually, no, the Broncos beat the Jets last week 37-28, not saying much. Patriots coming off a 26-10 loss against the Chiefs. Actually, let me dive into the game real quick. 26-10 loss against the Chiefs. We talked about this last week a little bit. Cam Newton was out that game. Brian Hoyer played that game, and they played well against the Chiefs. Defensively, the Patriots looked unbelievable. So I think this week, Cam Newton is coming back from COVID. He's healthy. He's going to play. I think coming back, the Broncos have not shown me anything that makes me you know, feel confident in their ability to win this game. Nothing. Defensively, they haven't played well. Offensively, they haven't played well. They're trying to find an identity, and they don't have one right now. That's the issue. Drew Locke, he's questionable today. He's been banged up so far. So I don't like this Broncos team. I think the Patriots win this game. I think they win big. I think Cam Newton comes back, looks really healthy, plays a phenomenal game, uses his legs to his advantage. And like I said, that's a, that injury with Vaughn Miller early in the season, 
it's hurting the Broncos. You're able to see that he is a leader on defense. He's actually the leader of that defense and the leader of probably that team. With him being out, that affects the team. So I think the Patriots win this game. I think they win big. I really do. I think they have that ability. Cam Newton's going to be fired up, ready to get back on the field. I like the Patriots big. Moving on to another not-so-great game today. The Washington football team taking on the New York Giants, 1-4 versus 0-5. I don't know what happens in this game. Dwayne Haskins, a lot of a lot of turmoil surrounding him. Apparently there's some rumors that he might actually get traded. He has not been a great team player recently. Dwayne Haskins may be on his way out. On the other side, Daniel Jones has not done anything spectacular either. A narrow loss, 37-34 against the Cowboys. Dak Prescott went down. They still could not get the job done against a veteran and Andy Dalton. This is a game where you just kind of like flip a coin. You don't know who's going to win. They're both really bad this year. Honestly, they are. But I'm a Washington fan. But I am going to go with the Giants today. Uh, this Washington defense has struggled since week one. The offense has been horrendous. We got to see Alex Smith last week. Great story for him. I just don't see them having enough offense this week. I think Daniel Jones and company, he makes enough big plays. and that defense gets enough big plays. I think they pick up their first win at home. I think if you're Ron Revere right now, you're looking at your team. And you're looking at Dwayne Haskins, who has just been, honestly, he's, he hasn't been a team player. There's been a lot of you know stuff surrounding him. You just want to get through this season. You want to play Kyle Allen, who came in last week, actually got injured last week. You want to play Kyle Allen, get him some good reps, get him some good snaps, see how he does, performs. He's going to be a good backup come the future. you got to find your future quarterback, though. Dwayne Haskins does not seem like he's the answer. Kyle Allen's not the answer. Alex Smith's not the answer. Washington does not have their future quarterback right now. I think everybody thought Dwayne Haskins was the guy for the job, and he's been a big disappointment. And right now, Washington's struggling. They don't have enough balance. Antonio Gibson, the rookie running back, he's not running the ball well. He's running okay. That offensive line's not getting enough push. And after eight sacks, they haven't performed well defensively since the beginning. Chase Young has had a good season, I will say. He's had a good season, leads the team in sacks. But right now, I think Washington, they're just too dysfunctional. They don't have enough on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. I think the Giants win this game. I think it's like a one-point win. It's close, but I think the Giants do pick it up. Moving on now, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. The Ravens coming off a big 27-3 win over the Bengals. The Eagles coming off a 38-29 loss against the Steelers. You know, all year, though, this Philadelphia team has looked horrendous. And last week, I actually really loved the way they played against the Steelers. The Pittsburgh team's undefeated right now. They're 4-0. They're undefeated. And they played them really tight. Carson Wentz had a good game. We finally get to see a little bit more Carson Wentz that we've seen in years past. I like the way they played, but I don't see them beating Baltimore today. I think Lamar Jackson is just fired up after that Chiefs loss. Ever since that loss, he's just played with a chip on his shoulder. Like I said, we picked Baltimore to lose last week against the Bengals. We thought Joe Burrow would come in and outplay the former MVP, Lamar Jackson. And boy, did he prove us wrong. He did. He proved us completely wrong. So I think in this game, I think Baltimore wins. Baltimore's defense has not performed the way they would have liked to this season. They finally played well against the Bengals. I think Baltimore's defense comes up huge today. That Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is just not good enough. It's not. They give up way too many sacks, as we know, week one against Washington. Eight sacks given up. Carson Wentz has taken a beating all year. I think that Baltimore defense just continues to terrorize. I think Baltimore wins. I don't think it's big. I think it's a 10-point win. I do think Baltimore beats Philadelphia, though. Moving on over now, the team I just mentioned, the Cleveland Browns taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Actually, I think this might be one of the better games of the day, if not the best game. The Cleveland Browns 4-1, Pittsburgh Steelers 4-0. The Browns coming off a 32-23 win over the Colts. Pittsburgh coming off a 38-29 win over the Eagles. This is a matchup we've been waiting to see, right? It's two divisional rivals. 
Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I'm really impressed with Baker Mayfield. We have been waiting for Baker Mayfield for years now. He got drafted first overall. There was a lot of question marks going, oh, why would you pick Baker first overall? He's now starting to show why. He's now showing his potential. He's showing, hey, this is why you picked me first overall. He's really proving that right now. I'm loving the way he's playing. They got a they got a backfield now. They do. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, they got a backfield that's dangerous. They're deadly. They bring a balance. That, like I said, the Titans have a good balance. The Browns got a good balance too. And the Browns play good defense. They do. I think they play good defense. They're not the most spectacular defensive team, but they play solid as a unit. I like Cleveland. This Pittsburgh team is really good, though. Chase Claypool, the rookie, four touchdowns last week receiving. Unbelievable game for him. Ben Roethlisberger still playing well. We thought this year he would not, you know, dealt with an injury all last year. We wondered oh, how healthy he's going to be this year. He has played an unbelievable season for this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. You know, I still, I'm going to hop on the Cleveland bandwagon this week. I love the way Baker Mayfield's playing. I love the way he's playing. I think he continues that dominance this week. When he's in a rhythm, you know how he plays. At Oklahoma, when he's in a rhythm, he gets going. He's a leader. I think Cleveland wins this game against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. I don't think it's big. I think this is a shootout. I think two offenses that have played so well, I think it's a shootout. But I think the Cleveland Browns pick up the win this week. Moving on now. Chicago Bears, 4-1. and one, Probably the surprise of the NFL taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams coming off wins. Chicago, a 20-19 win over the Buccaneers. Falcons, or the Carolina Panthers coming off a 23-16 win over the Falcons. Two teams coming in with confidence. Teddy Bridgewater, a great game last week against the Falcons. Nick Foles, though, getting the job done. I'll tell you that. Mitchell Trubisky, as we know, not the answer for this Bears team. So you bring in Nick Foles, and all of a sudden, he's provided a spark to this offense they've needed. The Bears, of course, they play good defense. What they do, Khalil Mack is a disruptor. Roquan Smith is a phenomenal outside linebacker. This Bears defense is just so balanced all around. For that reason, I think that's the difference maker. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're going to score points. Mike Davis, the running back, I think they're going to score points, say the Panthers are. But I think that Chicago Bears defense is the difference. I think they make enough stops. I think they get the job. I think Nick Foles, Nick Foles is a game manager, right? He's not going to throw 500 yards, five touchdowns, winning a ball game like that. He's just not. But he's a game manager, and that's all you need from him with a defense like this. I think Chicago wins this game. I think it's close, but I think that defense gets enough stops, and they pull out a close, close victory. Now, another game that's not highly anticipated, the Detroit Lions taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Detroit sitting at 1-3, and three, Jacksonville 1-4, and four, both teams coming off losses. I will say for the Lions' sake, though, a 35-29 loss to the Saints, that's a pretty respectable loss if I do say so. The Saints have been really good all year. They perform well. But a good job by Matt Patricia in that defense. This is one of those games, again, that I think you toss a coin, you flip it. I think the Lions win this game close. Ever since that week one win against the Colts for the Jaguars, they've just regressed. It's just gotten worse and worse, and they seem to just become less confident. But it's not shocking. We knew coming into this year, Jacksonville, not a lot of talent. They struggle. Offensively, they don't have a lot of weapons. Defensively, they traded away so much, including Kalias Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe. So guys like that that are not there this year, it's it's hurting them, and you're seeing that right now. So for that reason, I think the Lions win. I think Patricia picks up his second win of the season. I think it's a really scrubby game. I really do. I think DeAndre Swift, the rookie running back, makes a couple plays on the ground. I think that defense makes some plays. I think the Lions win by a narrow, narrow margin. Let's just continue the trend with games that are not highly anticipated. The New York Jets sitting at 0-5, taking on the 2-3 Miami Dolphins. I'll go and pick right now. The Miami Dolphins are going to win this game. They're going to win this game, and they're going to win this game big. The Jets are a dumpster fire right now. 
They released at they released Le'Veon Bell. I don't know what Adam Gase is thinking. I know he's not a fan of Le'Veon Bell, but that's a guy that I think you could still use in your offense. So now they're short of a star running back, coming off a thirty to ten loss against the Cardinals. And quite frankly, Miami has looked really good off, offensively recently. Ryan Fitzpatrick playing a really good game. He had three touchdowns last week against the 49ers. That was a big win against the Niners. The Niners had Jimmy Garoppolo back, and they that defense for Miami held him in check. Brian Flores, a great job there. Like I said, Ryan Fitzpatrick has kind of shocked the NFL this year. We all thought a couple games in the season he'd play fine, then we'd see some two a time. We haven't seen two yet because Ryan Fitzpatrick has earned that starting spot. He's proving, he's saying, hey, listen, I don't need a rookie to take me over. I'm confident. I'm playing well. So I think right now Ryan Fitzpatrick's got a lot of confidence. Brian Flores trusts him. That defense is playing better. I think Miami picks up a win. I think they pick up a win big. There's just not enough for the Jets. There's just no talent around them right now. I think, like I said, I think the Miami Dolphins win big. Going on now, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Packers 4-0. Buccaneers 3-2. Another greatly anticipated game. Actually, this is actually a good one. Green Bay Packers coming off a 30-16 win over the Falcons. Buccaneers coming off a hard 20-19 loss over the Bears. You know, I love the way Aaron Rodgers played. I really do. Um, they've won a lot of close games, though. And some might disagree with me. But I'm going to go with the upset here. I think old Tom Brady, I think touchdown Tom gets it done today. I think it's close. You know, last week against the Bears, not a great game. I think Tom Brady knows that. I think Tom Brady was confused if it was fourth down or not. A lot of confusion there anyway. But I think Tom Brady bounces back, and he knows what he's capable of. He's still going strong at 40 years old. He's just he's that kind of player. So for that matter, I think Tom Brady gets it done in an upset. I think Ronald Jones, a running back, has played an unbelievable game at 107 yards last week. Just a phenomenal player. So I think the Buccaneers win that game. I think Aaron Rodgers throws for 400 yards again. I do. I think he just has that ability. He consistently makes plays. Devontae Adams, a phenomenal receiver. Aaron Jones makes an impact on the ground. I just have a feeling. I have a weird feeling in my mind that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make enough stops on defense, make enough plays offensively, and they win that game. Moving on, one of our last games of the day. Los Angeles Rams. This is prime time tonight. Los Angeles Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams 4-1, and San Francisco 2-3. and A great game. Two California teams. You know, the Niners have been a big disappointment this year. Of course, they dealt with injuries all year. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been healthy. Nick Bosa hasn't been healthy. Raheem Mostert hasn't been healthy. It's just been a lot of injury for them. But on the Rams' side, they played really well. Jared Goff has impressed me. I haven't been sold on Jared Goff from the beginning. He's played okay. I think he's more of a game manager. He's played a really good season, though. And you know what? Here's a difference maker for the Rams. It's not Jared Goff. It's not that offense. It's Aaron Donald. He is just an unbelievable player. He had three sacks last week against the Washington football team. He has that big playability. And I think for that reason, with an unhealthy Jimmy Garoppolo still dealing with an ankle injury, I think Aaron Donald wreaks havoc. I think he does. I think he wreaks havoc on that Niners offensive line. I think he gets to Garoppolo a couple times. I think the Rams win. I think they win by 10 points. Right now, they're figuring out that offense, and they're going to go with Daryl Henderson, the running back from Memphis, playing a great season, too. Like I said, they're balanced, too. They're really well-balanced offensively. I think Jared Goff makes some plays. I think Aaron Donald gets in the backfield and absolutely dominates. So I like the Rams in this game. I think it said 10 points they win this game by. Last game on our slate, Arizona Cardinals 3-2, and two, taking on the 2-3 and three Dallas Cowboys. I want to, first of all, say our prayers go out to Dak Prescott, a gruesome, gruesome injury. Uh, we're all hoping for the best. Just a great, respectable guy, guy that you all love. So we hope that he recovers well. He seems in happy spirits. He seems like he's doing good, so we're happy for him. His Cowboys with Andy Dalton taking on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Cardinals started off the season 2-0. and There's a lot of promise. We thought, oh, this Cardinals team is better than we thought. 
then two straight losses against not great teams, the Lions and the Panthers. So bad losses. As for the Cowboys, a 2017 loss against the Rams, close, and then a 38-31 loss against the Seahawks, close losses, and then also a 49-38 loss against the Browns. Close losses for this Cowboys team. I just worry that without Dak Prescott, this offense will be too stagnant. Of course, you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott who's going to make plays. They're going to play for Dak. They're going to play for Dak. There's no doubt about it. And I think they're going to struggle offensively. But as much as I think they're going to struggle, I think that defense is going to make some plays. I think they're going to play for Dak Prescott. They've been saying it all week, right? They want to play for Dak. They're going to play for four. They've been sending prayers out, making videos. I think they win for Dak today. I think it's a very close game. Kyler Murray's going to make plays like he always does. I think it's, you know, probably it's a high-scoring game. I think Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton actually makes some plays. I think he does. I think he's got receivers all around him, like C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. He's going to find those guys open. They're going to make plays. I think it's going to be the Dallas Cowboy defense that's going to make a difference. They're going to grab a few stops, and they're going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be close, but they're going to beat them. I think they are. All right, moving into the next segment, starts and sits for this week. I'll go and get you with the starts. You want to start quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets. Pretty self-explanatory, a struggling Jets defense. That has not done well all season. Start Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to make a lot of plays today. Running back Dalvin Cook against the Falcons. I do think the Falcons will upset the Minnesota Vikings, but that does not mean you should not start Dalvin Cook. He's going to have a big game. The Falcons' defense has struggled up front significantly. They cannot stop the run well. Start Dalvin Cook in your lineup. He's going to have a big game today. Wide receiver A.J. Brown against the Texans. Same thing. Ryan Tannehill playing his best football he's played probably ever with the Titans. A.J. Brown coming back from injury last week, had a touchdown in his first game back. Look for A.J. Brown to make some big plays. He is the feature receiver in that Titans offense. Look for him to make some big plays. You need to start A.J. Brown against that Texans defense that is struggling right now. And lastly, tight end Mike Gusecki versus the Jets. I'll throw another Miami Dolphin in there. Mike Gusecki, a tight end we know has so much potential. First couple of games of the season was leading the league in tight end reception yards. He is a guy who's going to make some plays against that Jets defense. That Jets defense struggles with pass coverage. For that reason, I think... Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to find him open, maybe down the seam, maybe right across in the middle. Start Mike Gusecki versus the Jets. All right, moving on now to the sits. Today, you want to sit quarterback Joe Burrow versus the Colts. That Colts defense led by linebacker Darius Leonard is nasty. So, you want to sit Joe Burrow against the Colts. Running back Miles Sanders versus the Ravens. You're going to want to sit Miles Sanders. That Ravens defense is nasty. They are dominant. So, you want to start Miles Sanders against the Ravens. Wide receiver Robbie Anderson against the Bears. Like I said, another thing, the Bears defense strong. They play well. So, you want to sit Robbie Anderson against the Bears. Tight end Noah Fant against the Patriots. Like I said, the Broncos, just not much going for them. And with Drew Locke being potentially out, Noah Fant might not get as many touches. You want to sit him against the Patriots. I have just got news, actually. Bad news for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook out today against the Falcons that is a big injury for them so you know what let me go and throw in another another start for you then I'm going to say you're going to want to start Tampa Bay running back Ronald Jones in place of Dalvin Cook Tampa Bay running back Ronald Jones 107 yards last week they're playing a Packers defense that struggles they struggle so you want to start Ronald Jones against the Green Bay Packers all right moving on four downs could be a little different this week without Harrison in the studio instead of asking questions and answering I'm going to give you four projections that I think are going to happen. Actually, my first down involved Dalvin Cook. Now that he's out, 
I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Ronald Jones in there. I'm gonna say Ronald Jones rushes for over a hundred yards, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick up a tight win against the Green Bay Packers. Second down, Cam Newton returns from being inactive due to COVID and throws for over 250 yards against the Broncos. I've talked about it all. Show that Broncos defense they've struggled. Without Von Miller, they just have struggled to get a pass rush. I think Cam Newton has a big game, uses his legs too. They're going to win that game. He throws for over 250 yards. Third down, a struggling Washington football team in New York Giants. They continue their offensive struggles, and they combine for less than 500 total yards. I think if you're looking at this matchup, the defenses are better than the offenses on both sides. For that reason, I think they hold to less than 500 yards total. Look for that to happen today. Fourth down. Baker Mayfield, he throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns as the Browns defeat the unbeaten Steelers in Pittsburgh. I mentioned earlier, I like the upset there. I think Baker Mayfield just continues that dominance, has a big game. I like them over the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Now, last segment of the show. We appreciate you guys listening. We're going to jump in. I'm going to pave the way before we head off in an hour to kick off. First paving the way, Falcons at Vikings. Get going early. The Atlanta Falcons need to jump off to an early start. All season, they've done a good job. They need to get going early. They need to get on the scoreboard early because here's the thing. Now, normally I'd say, okay, you can get started early, but then they've struggled late. The Minnesota Vikings have struggled to come back from behind this year. They really have. I think if the, I think if, if the Falcons can go in early and get some points on the board, they'll have a good chance in this game. I think they'll upset the Vikings. They do. But I think if they can get going early, pile some points on, they'll have a good chance in this game. Number two, Chiefs at Bills slow down Josh Allen and that offense. We know Josh Allen is an electric quarterback. He had a rough week last week against the Titans. That's just going to make him more upset. That's going to make him more frustrated, more angry. He's going to want revenge this week. That Chiefs defense, they've struggled a little bit recently. They struggled to give up 40 points against the Raiders. They're going to have to slow down Josh Allen because not only can Josh Allen throw that ball probably 70 yards, he can run too. So if the Chiefs want to win that game, they're going to need to slow down Josh Allen and that electric offense. And number three, last one, Baker needs to bake. Baker Mayfield has been on a hot tear recently. He is finally playing the way we've been waiting for him to see since he got drafted. If the Browns are going to win this game, look, they're going to be able to run the ball. We know Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, great backs. They're going to be able to run the ball for probably 200 yards. But we need to see Baker Mayfield once again look confident in the pocket. He's got to roll out, make some play-action passes. He's got to be on point today because that Steelers defense is not a joke. Mike Tomlin runs a really good defense over there. Joe Hayden, a cornerback that is a ball hawk. Baker Mayfield, he needs to bake, make some plays. I will say before we go off, I'm about to sign off. This upcoming week, the Big Ten returns. College game day has announced they are going to be traveling to Minnesota for the Minnesota-Michigan game. I'm so excited. Ohio State taking on Nebraska. Going to be a big game in the Big Ten. We are finally feeling back to normal here in the college football world. I'm excited, clearly. I've been excited for a long time. I know you guys are excited. So next week, we will have even more games to break down. And I hope you guys join us next Sunday. I'm Garrett Pave. This has been Start Your Sunday. Hope to see you guys next week. Have a good weekend and enjoy the NFL games. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Emily. 